There is a great evil in this team, and it needs to be purged. I'm Aaron Warner. With me, as always, is Stefan Heck, and this is I Hate This Team. Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Stefan, how's it going? Oh, man. I mean, it's good. It's uh, Sunday morning. Uh, yep. it's, been, it's been a good weekend. Uh, I didn't catch all of the game last night. I was, I was out for a nice uh, birthday dinner for my partner. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, I got back in time for like the, the last part of the second period and the, and the third period. Uh, so I, I, I caught all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, well, so I was, after the New Jersey game and after the Anaheim game as well, I was like, even if they beat Nashville, they're not getting a free ride. They looked like dog shit against New Jersey, which granted, yeah. New Jersey looks really good. And that Anaheim game was the most boring fucking 8-5 game I've ever seen. It was so the weird. Hockey, I mean, it, Anaheim the, looks horrible. They look They awful. look really, really bad. Yeah. I, I feel good for Bedard that he'll probably like get to go there. Yeah, I mean, I, there's so many. Th- here's my prediction for Bedard now, and I'm I'm calling my shot. And maybe it's too early, but judging by how they've played and the lottery luck they usually get, I'm gonna say Pittsburgh gets Bedard. <laughs> Which honestly, again, him playing with Crosby would be really sick. Yeah, <laughs> from, from I like guess. a neutral fan standpoint, but yeah. it would just be like, oh, are you kidding me? Like the rich get richer. But that that is my prediction. Um, and maybe it's it's just as a Canucks fan expecting. The worst. I mean, the worst would be if uh, if Chicago got him, I guess, uh, yeah. or, or or if Edmonton somehow missed the playoffs and got him. But uh, yeah, those are the two worst. Yeah, I, like I'm kind of for his sake. I hope he doesn't go to Arizona, and I, I kind of want him to be a shark or a duck so he can just score on us forever. Yeah, I mean, as that a, seems very like a Joe Sackick type thing. As a Canucks fan, I kind of wouldn't mind him going to Arizona because you have to assume he would want out. Uh, That's true. It, it'd be likelier that he'd, he'd want out as opposed to like maybe a team in like a better location with a better fan base. That's better run. Um, but also, you know, with Arizona, if, if they like move or something, which, you know, that's never going to happen, but let's say they move to like Houston or something, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like a, a big cool city and, and they have like a big fan base built in already. Then like, you know, that could be a, a good fun team to watch. I mean, I, I, did you see Bedard was on uh, uh, Donnie and Dolly? Donnie and Dolly, right? Yeah. yeah. And they, they straight up asked him, are you going to pull a Lindros? <laughs> and, he, and he did say, I don't think so. Oh, there's, so there's a chance. So that's not, that's not a no. Um, I, I really, my, my other prediction for Bedard is that um, the Canucks will get their first sort of John Tavares moment. Uh, and... And someone who grew up as a fan of the team will actually come back to Vancouver. Because that was the thing with like Sakic and Korea is, and maybe it's just because like social media wasn't a thing back then. Like I have no idea if those guys were actually huge Canucks fans growing up. Right? Probably not. Like it's, if you think back to like when they would have been growing up, right? Like 
Were they really into the eighties Canucks and like Sackick probably for... would have been into like an original six team or something or like the yeah. Oilers, right? Or like like who? Same with Korea too, for that matter, right? Like it's it's like how um, there's a whole generation of hockey fans in Vancouver who are Colorado fans uh, because mm-hmm. they were they were the new team, they were very good, and yeah, they had Joe Sackick as well. Um, so there's a lot of hockey fans in Vancouver who are not Canucks fans. Uh, and by the way, that was the right move on their part. Yeah. And I'm very jealous of that. <laughs> I didn't like, I, I want to, I've said this before, but I would love to go back in time to myself as a kid and be like, you know, you don't have to like, just cause you live here, you don't have to be a Canucks fan. You could be a fan of literally any other team if you want. Ah, <sighs> man, I've had that conversation in my head so many times. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes do you feel like you're less of a Canucks fan and you're more just interested in the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, I think, I mean, especially lately, they're just, I mean, yesterday was. Yeah, well, so yeah, let's talk about yesterday. They they played really good in the first two periods, they I looked, thought. They looked great in the first two periods. And, and I will say this, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll say friend of the show, and that's mm-hmm. true, Yerky21 on Twitter. Yep. Very knowledgeable guy. Uh, we go all the way back to like the real good show days. Um, and he's, he's a very, if, if, if you're a Canucks fan and you don't follow him on Twitter, you, you absolutely should. He's a great follow. Um, but he always says, uh, that a shootout, I mean, the shootout tricks fans, right? Uh, and this is true. Like, uh, a shootout loss, that's a tie basically. And a shootout win is like, it's a tie with an extra point that you just kind of lucked into. Like it does, a shootout should not tell you anything, but I will say this, the shootout last night, that is the Canucks season in like a microcosm like that. <laughs> yes. That is a shootout that does tell you something. So you have Petey trying his best and almost scoring a really sick goal and just getting mm-hmm. super unlucky. Uh, JT Miller doing his best, like Henrik Sedin impression. I don't know what, what that the was. fuck was that. And that was after he had two breakaways that game. Yeah. That he did effectively the same thing, but just a little bit faster. Yeah. It was stopped both times. Like, well, I think it was, B- else, it was BX during the intermission who, who raised the good point about Saros, like reading yeah, the breakaway him. in the second one. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, he didn't look that good. Uh, and then obviously Horvat pulling uh, a Marcus Naslin in the shootout and just like leaving the puck behind. Um, that, and then he had to go on after hours. God, dude, I felt so bad for him. And he's been, you know what? Like I've, I've sort of, I haven't talked shit on him, but it's, it's kind of just like, oh, I get like bored of Horvat almost. But he's been really good this year. Like he's scoring yeah. at an insane pace. And again, this, this to me is, we're coming up, we're, we have another JT Miller situation on our hands here where we're going to have a really, really valuable trade chip at the deadline. And I mean, we know how this goes. They're not going to trade him. It's just not going to happen. They have to. I mean, they, they had to with JT Miller as well. Well, I, okay. Go, with go JT back to remember the, remember the Ham Hughes trade deadline? Remember how fucking bad that yeah. was? And how the rumors are that Aquilini definitely like stepped in, right? Um, and and basically, I, I I think there was a deal with Dallas that got shut down, uh, hmm. if I recall correctly. Um, I, so I don't. I mean, who knows what ownership is is going to say, right? Even if they have a deal, is is Aquilini going to be like, no, you got to resign this guy. He's the captain. I'm a, I'm a big uh, I'm a big stupid moron. That's my impression. Man, <sighs> like I I don't know. We've talked about it before. The team does seem doomed for the next. Uh, 
few years Un- unless they but, get lucky in the lottery like that, that's the that's literally the only thing that's going to save them from five five at minimum to 10 years of just wandering yeah. around in the wilderness but committing like what's it going to be if especially if Bo keeps up this pace like at all and is like even if he's only a 35 goal scorer which seems like super likely with that's how he's eight, played this year million plus. how his shots look yeah that's eight million plus face-off easily. winning percentage it, yeah. easily eight plus million yeah so you're going to be committed to you're just committed to this core, and if they if they miss the playoffs, or if they again, best case scenario with this team, as we've said before, is you get in as like a seven or eight seed and just get absolutely destroyed in the first round. Maybe you win a game or two, but like that's what they've been trying to do for the past decade is just scrape into the playoffs, and it's just such a horrible. It's not fucking. It's not Major League Baseball where literally Major League Baseball any team can win. That's true. That's baseball. That's how yeah. baseball works. Hockey. That's, that does not work that way. Like, you know, you, you get the fucking moron fans pointing to the LA Kings who had like the best underlying numbers in the league and by all statistics were not a number eight seed. Or the St. Louis Blues. Or the St. Louis Blues. Again, getting out of out of this world goaltending. Also a very good team that at the start of the year, people were predicting this is gonna this is a cup contending team. They were saying that was a cup contender, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and they they played like shit and then they got really really hot. Um, what we're seeing with the Canucks is essentially what people have been saying for the past couple of years. This is this is the Canucks when they don't get all world goaltending. Yeah, and it's ugly. It is it is real real bad. Yeah. They they I did a better job Demko. of moving the puck yesterday. Oh, they they did. Yeah, Ethan Bear like looks that. great. I like Ethan, Ethan Bear a lot. I'm yeah. That's uh. That's maybe the best move they've done in years. He looks he looks really he, he's an NHL defenseman who can move the puck. When's the last time we had one of those guys who wasn't Quinn Hughes? I guess I'll, I'll okay, I'll say this as well. Tyler Myers is sort of doing the Ryan Miller thing of winning me over despite his horrible contract. Uh for Yeah. Uh, well, when he when he jumped in on um that was cool. Jano, that was great. And then obviously the Duncan Keith hit last year. Yeah. Um, I do have to say the amount that the Canucks are fighting, I like that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I, um, it, it goes back not to great like fights, the, but no, but I mean, you you think about like the the late '90s Canucks, where I always remember playing as them in like the NHL video games, and they would yeah. always have like the highest team toughness rating in the entire. Yeah, league. you got like Donald Brashear. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this, this, okay, there's two points I've been thinking of here with this. Um, one, remember, like growing up as a Canucks fan, is like Naslin and Bertuzzi were popping off and. They were making the playoffs in 2002 and all the, all the Canucks fans were, Oh my God, 98, 99. It was so bad. Mike Keen. Oh, the, those were dark days and now they're over. We've been <laughs> That's looking back thing. on the last 10 years now. Fucking 1998 pales in fucking comparison. The man. Messier, the Messier era was comparatively short. It was very yeah. short. And then, and then teams also, you know, or fans also talk about uh, the Canucks in the eighties and they obviously sucked total ass, but again, not to go back to our friend Yerky 21 here, but he, he has raised this point before as well, which is that in the eighties, uh, teams didn't have like access to like advanced statistics. They didn't have access to anywhere near the amount of data like teams could be poorly run back then because they were run by total morons and there was no other alternative because those are the best people available to run your team back then. Right Mm -hmm. now you have no excuse to be run by morons. There's just, (laughs) there's just no excuse for you to be this bad for this long. Like there, Drance brings this up all the time. Teams are not 
the NHL is not designed to have teams be this bad for this long. It, yeah. It's just it's just not meant to happen this way. So for for it to happen this way, it's total. It's just mismanagement. So this is this is worse. I'm like. This is worse than any other era in Canucks history because of the opportunity they have and the opportunity they've squandered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like squandering. Like you go back to the bubble, right? They, If they were ever going to try and win now, it should have been right fucking then and kept Tanev, kept Toffoli, yeah. maybe kept Markstrom and let go. To, I don't know, but kept at least two of those players, right? Like the more veteran core. And then use the free cap space that they had at the time to add to it instead of trying to save money because they're in a pandemic thinking, OK, well, we made the playoffs. Our young players are good. Let's get rid of these rich older guys. Have you seen how and good it's Dylan like, Gunther like one looks, step by the way? Who looks? Dylan oh, Gunther. Yeah. You see the video of him getting to stay in. Uh... I know. It was so sweet. And he just, <laughs> man, uh, he's like, what? I think uh, last time I checked, it was like six points in eight games. It's like a 19 year old or whatever. Like, nice. That's, that's fine. Uh, um, on like the worst team on paper in the league. Like that's even more impressive to do that in Arizona on such a shitty team. Anyway, I fuck man. It's just, oh, so, I, I will say on, on Twitter, it was nice to see multiple people say like, Oh, I can't wait for, I hate this team this week after the yeah. loss yesterday. <laughs> so another thing I've been thinking about, this kind of comes to the general roster construction of the Canucks. And I, that might be the biggest issue right now. Like obviously the defense like sucks ass. Yeah. But you look at most players on the team, like 95% of them, you could see them being a contributing good part of like a good team. Yeah. You go down the lineup, like uh, Dakota Joshua, even Niels Almond, whatever. You put them on Tanner Pearson. Tanner Pearson. Yeah. Put them on. He was good. Last year's Avalanche actually. or whatever. Yeah. He was. Yeah. His forechecking was looked really good. In fact, I like that entire line. Yeah. In the first two periods. Um, I like most of the players on the in the forward group at least. I like yeah. most of those players, but there's clearly there's something either going on with team chemistry, the locker room, whatever. Or I, there's but they just don't fit. Yeah, I think it's you have too many similar players. Like Pedersen is emerging as a bit more of a two way force, but he you looks, wouldn't think he of looks him so as, good this year. You wouldn't oh think God. of him as like a selkie. I don't defensive I, specialist I, right now. He's getting there. Like, I, I mean, people have made, I've seen multiple people like smart people make the Datsuk comparison. And yeah. I, I think he, is, he does have that level of like hockey IQ. He's so good. Like he's, he's the Canucks best player by far. Oh, he's, he's so easily. good. And Datsuk was one of my favorite players of all time. And there was one penalty kill uh, earlier this week, I think against New Jersey. Yeah. Where he made like three, just, insanely good defensive plays he's so and they got sneaky. the puck out. He's so um, good at just coming up behind players, getting the puck off them. He's so good at getting in lanes. Like, and then also just his hand eye, like the, the play last night where he like uh, knocked the puck out of midair twice and almost scored, like going to the yeah. front of the net there. That was incredible. He's, he's playing out of his mind. My I, prediction at the start of the year was 40 goals, 90 points. And I mean, it, you know, obviously it, depending on how the rest of the, the team plays, but I don't think he like his faceoffs need to improve for him to be at like that caliber where he's first over the boards for a penalty kill and et cetera. But you look at Horvat, you look at JT, they're both not very defensively aware no. scoring guys. And then look at all the wingers. They're they can score, but they can't do too much else. Well, and Horvat and Miller have that. Uh, I think you get the thing with like not not even casual fans. Like I would say they're still hardcore fans, but fans who just sort of look at the eye test and they'll see a player like Horvat 
and be like, oh, this is a it's a good old it's a good old Ontario boy, you know, mm-hmm. like he's going to be great defensively. J T. Miller, hard nosed player, he's going to be great defensively, and they're they're not. Neither of them are good defensively. But but they have this like aura about them where people think they are, and then you get like the tall, skinny Swedish beanpole, and people are like, "Oh, that guy's not going to be good defensively. He's soft, and he's like our best defensive yeah. player." <laughs> but yeah, my my whole thing is I think the players are just too fucking similar. They just bring the same things. Yeah. Um, and I think back to you know how teams generally have identities. Like yes, Minnesota's usually boring. <laughs> which they're not now and New yeah. Jersey's usually boring. Which they're not now either. <laughs> they're, they're not now. Um Philly's usually tough. To me, Vancouver, it should be a team that's highly skilled with a bunch of little fucking pests that everybody fucking hates. Yeah. And they piss you off and they have a lot of players that I hate, skin. but not for yeah. that reason. <laughs> like you need your Rafi Torres, Rafi Torreses, your Maxime yep. Lapierres, your Matt Cooks, your Garco Rutus. Your Burroughses. Your Burroughses. Your Kessler's even. And I feel that's something that's like really lacking from this team. So while I do like that they've been fighting more, I want them to like instigate more. I want them to fuck yeah. with people more. I would like them to be uh pieces of shit on the ice. Like Rutu's yeah. one of my favorite Canucks of all time. And you know, I, I maybe we'll 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 have some players coming up like that. Like I, I have no idea, but there's really no one. Garland is kind of a little shit disturber, I guess. Kind um, of, but not, but not the same. Really. Yeah. I will. Extent. So, you know, I, I, I joked um, after the New Jersey game. Oh, good. I don't have to be positive about the Canucks two episodes in a row. Uh, and then obviously they, they beat Anaheim 8-5 and then they were up 3 nothing against Nashville. And I was like, oh, maybe I, maybe I will have to be positive about them. They lost uh, 4-3 in a shootout to Nashville. I do want to be positive about one player and that's uh, Kuzmenko. Oh, uh, yeah. He's the man. Oh, my God. I Like at this point, they need to get rid of like Besser. They need to do whatever they can to keep Kuzmenko. Um, I'd, I'd agree with that. He, he, they, they have to resign him. He's so good. He's so smart in front of the net. He's got such a good personality. He's so fun. Like his, his celebrations are infectious. And then he's just so good at just literally just planting himself in front of the net with his stick on the ice. And Pedersen just like bounces pucks off him. And it's like, yeah. it's so nice to see that. It's so nice to see a player just go to the net and do that. It seems yeah, so simple. Great net front presence on the yeah. power play. He's a right-handed shot. He's like, very skilled. Like he's going to start scoring absolute beautiful goals soon. It's going to happen. You know, he's going to he's going to score. He's the type of player who who can pull a goal of the year candidate out of his ass any given game. I think. Like he's he's so talented. Yeah, I. And I I'm, getting, I'm getting the jersey. By the way, I know, I know. It's, get, don't do it, man. I got to do it. I got to do it. If you get the jersey, he's going to like fucking leave and sign as a free agent in Edmonton, and the Canucks are going to re-sign Horvat like eight times nine. Oh, you're right. Should I get a Horvat jersey instead? Maybe. <laughs> I thought, okay, so I, I, I'd be interested in your Canucks jersey history as well, because okay. I feel like I've had very, very, I've had pretty bad luck, but my first ever Canucks jersey was a Dan Cloutier jersey. Nice. Uh, the, the white Orca, because um, mm-hmm. I used to play goalie in, in street hockey all the time. And so I'd put the Cloutier jersey on with like nice. the pads Hell and everything. Yeah. Um, and you know, say what you will about Cluche. He was like, he was a great personality, great That's a character good one to have now. Yeah. Very entertaining player, you know, <laughs> regardless of how he played in the playoffs. Um, and then I had a, I'm trying to think I had a Kevin BX Jersey. That nice. was good luck. I think overall. Yes. Um, God, there was someone else that I had in there. I think I, 
Oh, okay. I got a well. I got the Triamkin jersey, mm-hmm. uh, which that, that my dad and I, my dad out. and I both got matching Triamkin jerseys. God. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah, he left obviously and, and never came back. I do have a Patterson jersey. Nice. I'd say that's overall pretty good. That's luck. a pretty good one. Yeah. I think there's. I think I had another. I'm trying to remember. I had one other player's jersey. It might have been Bertuzzi or Naslin, but again, that's pretty good luck. So really, the only bad luck has well. Not even the Kluge one. The only really bad luck one has been Trampkin. Yeah, that's fair. So I I got a plain Navy Orca jersey. Okay. And then I got a, you know the third jersey where it went from like Navy to like Maroon? Yeah, which I, yeah. I feel like that jersey has kind of aged well. Yeah. It, it looks so I, better now. I, I have a Linden of that jersey, which... Okay. All right. At the, t- at the time I was doing like, okay, well, even if you're like, you know... Whatever he's still a classic Canucks. So yeah, I remember it, when they traded for him again, uh, and they announced it on like Hockey Night in Canada, like after the game. Oh damn! Yeah, I was. I thought like it'll always age age well, age well. Yeah, Dan, cut uh, that out. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> age. Oh, I have a Hell Snaps jersey as well. Which, oh, that's cool. That's a classic. Then I got a Kessler, uh, like. Home jersey where it says Vancouver or both okay. the Canucks. That's, I that's got a that. safe one, I think. I think I got it in like 2012, though. <laughs> okay. Well, because so okay. I don't know. I, I I was between Bieksa and Kessler for that jersey. And with all the rumors and stuff at yeah. the time, I thought, well, it's more likely Kessler will stay with the Canucks for longer. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, maybe- JT Miller gives me like late era Canucks Ryan Kessler vibes. Yes. So, I don't know. I'll always love Kessler. Fuck the haters. I oh, probably yeah. should have gone with Bieksa, but whatever. I still like that jersey. I'd like proudly wear it around now. Yeah, hell yeah. Kessler's the man. Uh, and then I bought a Besser jersey from China for like 40 bucks. Okay. And then... Relatively off- good luck on that one, I would say, although obviously lately hasn't eh, been as good. It was, so. it, was in, it was in his rookie season. Okay. But I mean, I spent 40 bucks on it. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was laughing. So I'm, I'm going to go see the Canucks play... Uh, Calgary when they're in town in December. Okay. And I'm sitting like three rows behind the Canucks bench. Oh, hell yeah. And I was like laughing to myself about, I should throw my, my Chinese Besser jersey on the ice if they blow it. You straight up should. Because then it would be a Canucks jersey on the ice in an opposing arena. Yeah, exactly. And what, worst case scenario, you get banned from going to Flames games? Yeah. And I only can still go to Canucks games in Vancouver. (laughs) Yeah. And I only lose my $40 Chinese jersey. You could, wear, big, you could wear the Besser jersey under another jersey or or vice versa, whatever. I yeah. guess, right? And then, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea. Or if you're, the, if you're my that other idea is, you know how that guy last night at the game was, was like dancing? Oh, and yeah. And he, he lifts the up shirt. his shirt and it says, Bruce, there it is. Yeah. I want to do that, but it says sell the team. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I think like sell the team or like please actually rebuild or something like that to, to get it out there. Cause that's the only way Aquiline is going to see it is if it's on TV, right? It yeah. is, is if you, if you have a sign or a shirt that says, yeah, either sell the team or please rebuild. And then he finally understands. I mean, maybe that'll do it. Right. I really think it's, if, if it doesn't happen in the arena or on TV, he's not going to see it. Like, I, I don't think he sees what's happening on Twitter. Although he does block people a lot. So maybe he, yeah, does, he did delete his tweet about being excited for the season. That was really funny. That's so <laughs> good. Cause he knew it was just going to get ironically retweeted. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, it might be time to ironically retweet the Vancouver Canucks tweet. Uh, I like from this 2014. Team. This, this is a team we can turn around in a hurry from yeah. eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
How was that yeah, almost 10 years fi- ago at this point? I gotta point. find That's, that one. God, dude. I, you should quote tweet it and then, um, and then pin it to your profile. Oh, yeah. That's the move. God. Uh, it's Man, in my bookmarks. There we go. I like this team. I like the core players. This is a team we can turn around in a hurry. Benning from May 23rd, 2014. And that was that was the Canucks' best season in the last eight years, by the way. They had over 100 points and they made the playoffs. Yeah. So, lost to Calgary. Yeah. Is that the, That's the last time they've played a playoff game in front of people, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah oh, is. that's so depressing, man. Oh, my God. That's brutal. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's talk about. We were talking about some kind of nostalgia, and BX came up. Um, yeah, man, what a guy! That speech was that speech was like legitimately inspiring. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I mean, I've probably listened to it like five times now between it playing in the different games and me listening to it on the radio and stuff, and it filled me with like such mixed emotions because it. I don't know. I get really nostalgic for 10 years ago when I was so proud to cheer for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, yes, they broke my heart in a lot of ways. And you can like go back and find self-loathing Canucks fan tweets from that era. Oh yeah. But at the end of the day, like I was ride or die. And to see how much it's changed in the last 10 years and the posi- how they're positioned now compared to back then NBX is talking about how proud everyone in the organization was and how everyone worked hard. And oh, it was just like a well-run team. Like they just, they just knew what they were doing. They had a goal. They had good team messaging. They had good team building. They had good, it was just, it was just a great team. And this just like, it doesn't feel like a team. And, and that's, what's interesting about watching that speech is when they yeah. like kind of flash around the room and you're like, yeah, it just really doesn't feel Dude, like JT like a team looked here. so fucking pissed off during yeah. that speech. Like he looked morose. Everyone had like their fucking heads down. They were frowning. Oh. Um, apparently, they stayed after practice more the next day. But some fucking good that did them last night. Yeah, I mean, I, then, I, I don't. Did know. you see it's... Bruce's uh, comments post game as well? Yeah, where he basically <laughs> agreed with Bieksa and was yeah. like, "There's not. It's not a team here." He essentially agreed with him word for word. Like, oh, I feel bad for Bruce too. I mean, I, I, I'm glad he got his 600th win, but yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I don't think he's getting his 700th with the Canucks. I'll say that. That's that's so not what happening. You, what do you think is going to happen there with with Bruce? Like, I think. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, it it's not. I don't think it's necessarily his fault. Although he is playing. <laughs> Riley Stillman, maybe uh, too much, too much being at let's, all. Okay, let's get into that. Actually, um, he's the first Canucks defenseman in a while that has given me Good Branson Spiza vibes again. That game yeah, last night, oh my god! The two, that, the two plays that stood out. Obviously, the the third was it the third goal where he just was doing nothing. He was just like, what was spine? the one where he skated into the the guy behind the net, and then the the Nashville player just was able to step out with nobody in front of the net and scores that, at the second. That was or the, the third third one, I think. Yeah, because this the second one, I think, it was a point shot. But the the third one where he just like was just lost, and it just it really looked like Spiza or Goodbranson just spinning around behind the net. But the other play was when Nashville had the delayed offside, and he just like threw it down the ice. Like he just <laughs> he just from behind the net, just no. Like it's that it's that lack of awareness, it that that's what you saw with Spiza and Goodbranson, where there's just no situational awareness whatsoever, no idea what's happening at any given moment. It's just like I have the puck, I have to do something with this right now. Okay, I'm just gonna get rid of it. I, I'm just gonna get rid of the puck. Which look for those players, honestly, that is the safe play. Yeah. I'd rather them not have the puck. 
But well, to, the, to ice it on a delayed offside is just like, that's so bad. The other thing with Stillman is when he came to the team, people were talking about how he was, oh, you'll love his hits. He'll bone crunch people. I've seen one that I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And it was the one, I, you probably missed it because it was in the first period. I think I saw tried, the highlight of it. He tried hip checking. Um, was it Janelle? his name? Yeah, Janelle. And Jano is a crazy player. Oh my god! And he he kind of hit it, but kind of didn't, and then immediately fought him. Yeah, so fine. But my broader point with this is Rathbone, Stillman, Burrows. Obviously, Burrows, I love Burrows. Er, er, obviously, Burrows and Rathbone would be better. Yeah, but kind of. At the end of the day, who gives a shit? They're not really. Well, they're all interchangeable, right? But. Not- but- at the very least, put like the younger, put Rathbone in, get him some playing time. Burroughs, to me, the thing that I don't get is is he seems like a coach's dream to me, right? He's yeah, a very they- <laughs> safe player. He's a very smart player. He he doesn't do anything too crazy, and he's a, he's a tough guy too. He'll he'll hit, he'll fight. I don't get, I just don't get why he's getting scratched. And he like I know this speaks more to how bad the Canucks are, but he's been like their second best defenseman this year. And he goes out on the ice for warmups because the coach says oh, he likes his that. energy. You what see the that? hell was that? Yeah. The Canucks defense is like picking between Mikey Miles meals. Yeah. So I, I think that's true. There's like, I don't know, some that you see and it's like, well, I don't know. I could probably eat that. That steak looks cooked. The, there's sweet potatoes and some like wilted yeah. spinach. It's Occasionally fine. he'll actually order food that looks decent and that's Quinn Hughes. Yeah, but like, okay, if Stillman's like fucking just wet looking penne with bottled sauce that hasn't been heated up and some wilted yeah. spinach in it. Ta- yeah, tasseled and, over with some spinach. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> Rathbone's probably like something that looks a little bit more edible. Like, I don't Rathbone know. is like the salmon that he cooks sometimes, maybe. Yeah. Where it's like, you might as well eat the salmon because it's healthier for you. Exactly. But maybe something good will come out of it. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it all fucking is pretty much sucks. It's like, all interchangeable. That's the, the Canucks defense is just, that's the thing where at the start of the year, and th- this has been the last couple of years, is you'll see uh, very positive fans of the team. And if that if that's how you want to follow the team, more power to you. That's that's fine. I wish I had that brain that I could do that. Yeah. Um, but they'll look at the forward group and be like, oh, this is a top 10 forward core in the league, which if everything went their way and they were playing to their potential, I could maybe see that. They have a deep forward group. They have a good forward group on paper. But the problem with their forward group is they have no one on the back end outside of Quinn Hughes and I guess Ethan Bear now to get the puck to them. So yeah. they just don't get the puck. They it never gets carried in. And and you know they they look at fans were looking at the defense being like, well the defense is bad, but they're going to score a lot. And like they've been they scored a lot against Anaheim, I guess. But they just don't have they just don't have anyone to move the puck on the back end outside of Hughes. Yeah. It's well, and they've won three of nine games this year, and. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but obviously like JT Miller's been a point per game, probably over a point per game now after the Nashville game. Yeah. Like Horvat is scoring out of Horvath his mind. Horvat scored like, what? 10 also it, over a point per game. Yeah. Pedersen was uh, going to the Nashville game. I believe was on pace for 113 points. Yeah. Fucking Kuzmenko's a point per game player as well. If you told me that before the season, you think, oh, wow, they're really, they're hitting. Yeah. Hughes has and- 10 points in eight games. Like, Mikheyev has, has seven points in nine games. Like, if, yeah, exactly. Like, if you looked at, 
obviously there's a pretty steep drop off after that. Um, yeah. But if you looked at those stats of like the top four or five players there, you have, yeah. Okay. So Pedersen has 15 and 12. Horvat has 14 in 12, including 10 goals. Miller has 12 and 12 because Manko has 11 in 12, including seven goals. And Hughes has 10 assists in eight games. If you looked at that, you'd be like, okay, they're, they're probably like, maybe they're above 500, right? Yeah. I'd like that's, to that's where the goaltending comes in, right? They've won three of 12, not three of nine. Yeah. I guess they've also won three of nine as well, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like you don't want to shit on Demko, obviously, because he's like carried the team the last few years. Right. But mm-hmm. he, you know, people, people say, oh, well, it's, it's the defense. And like, that doesn't help. But I think if you look at the underlying numbers, he's not playing well either. And also just from the eye test, like goals are like leaking through him. Yeah. The rebound control isn't through. there. He, he just seems like he's off. And I know he had, um, I think it was hip surgery in the off season. Um, so maybe it's something to do with that. Maybe he's just tired. I mean, he's been overplayed the past year as well. So, uh, but this is, you know, I said this earlier in the episode, but this is what people said the Canucks were. They were a team that needed top five goaltending in the entire league to maybe make the playoffs. And when they get not even average goaltending, when they get bad goaltending, I mean, it's, it's a disaster. It's just hard to watch. Yeah. And you have to think that like all of the top forwards, like obviously Horvat isn't going to score 70 goals in a year. Um, They're not going to continue at this pace. So I would assume that at a certain point, Demko is going to bounce back and be super hot for a month or two and steal him a bunch of games. But uh, I mean, hopefully he you isn't. Th- you think so? But they're but, forced to actually fucking do something. Here. That's the thing, right? Goaltending. We. This is the thing that I, I mean, as a hockey fan, this is the thing you have to understand the most is that goaltending is just total voodoo, right? Yeah. It, it really completely is. Like Demko, I, I could see him just being total dog shit this year, and then coming back next year and like winning the Vesna Trophy. Like that. <laughs> yeah. The, goaltending is is totally random. It's it really is is that's that's what it comes down to. And so the Canucks with bad goaltending are one of the worst teams in the league. Because they have the worst defense in the league on paper. Like, it's it's just, it's going to, you know, and, and I keep sending you uh, highlights of, of prospects and everything. And I mean, I, I hope you're getting excited <laughs> for the draft, too, because this draft is fucking sick. But yeah, uh, you I, know, I, I hope I, we it, select at the top of it. It does. It does sort of annoy me to see, uh, I guess, more of the, ca- the casual fans being like, oh, the Canucks are, you know, why do you want them to tank? It's not like they're, they're going to win the draft lottery this year. And it's like, you you do not understand how good this draft is. Like, get get a top seven or eight pick. And you're fucking laughing, you know, and I really, I really hope they they pick high in this draft, because if if we end this fucking year with the Canucks picking like 13th overall after Ugh. all this bullshit, I mean, maybe that's what's going to happen. But I, yeah, OK, I'm looking at I'm looking at the overall settings right now. Um, So the Canucks have played 12 games. They have nine points, uh, which is ties them with the Ducks, the Sharks and the Coyotes. Um, The Coyotes do have a game in hand. Uh, the Sharks have played two more games, so they're really out to the lead right now. And the Blues have only uh, oh, they, six the, points, but lost they also six have three in games at hand. Oh my God, the Blues look horrible. Columbus looks awful. San Jose, I mean, there's some some teams that are underperforming. The, and then the year. East. Pittsburgh is what bad. Got? Yeah, Ottawa Pittsburgh is surprisingly bad points. too. Ottawa, you would hope, would uh, turn it around. Maybe they're playing the Canucks on Tuesday as well, yeah. so that'll be interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, Dan, they play the Senators and the Canadians next week. And they yeah, are uh that's big for the doing tank. about as bad. But and, and Boston and Toronto wins. after that too. So Yeah. That game was really good. I guess you didn't watch it, but it's fun to like on Hockey Night in Canada watch like a couple of good teams play 
Oh. And then you get into the Canucks game. It's great. It, well, so the the comparison that I like to draw is: um, Do you play if you've played Rocket League at all? Yeah. Um, like I feel like I'm I'm okay at Rocket League. I'm like a diamond level player, which is like not horrible. But, right. But to me, the equivalent of watching like the Canucks versus the Ducks, and then the Leafs and the Bruins is like going from like diamond level Rocket League to like the pros, where they're just like literally flying around the entire game, and it's like <laughs> it's actually a different video game. That's the NHL equivalent. Uh, yeah. Is watching the Canucks play a bad team and then watching uh, two elite teams play each other, and it's like, oh, they're they're just like playing a different sport. Like they're just so much better. Oh uh, boy! I guess the Habs and the Bruins are on the second half of back to backs when they're um, playing them. Aaron, I have good news. I just so, ran Tankathon. Uh, yeah, the, the Canucks have won the first overall pick. Uh, nice. There we go. First try. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm stopping for today. That's it. Remember when Benning so, used to used to talk about doing the draft lottery simulator? <laughs> God, He's so dude. cool, man. <laughs> I, you know what I really want, and they mm. haven't done it yet, and it fucking pisses me off. Is how has no one like interviewed him since he got fired? It's been almost a year. Yeah, I feel like we should do it. Let's get him mo- on the show. Most GMs, I mean, I, you know what? He's he's probably off like living his life. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. He, does not want to talk to the media. <laughs> well, he never wanted to talk to the media when he was the fucking GM. Oh, because so. he, he can't. I mean, he's not a good media-trained guy at no. all. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, he is very, like, he does seem like a very nice guy. He seems like he he would have some interesting stuff to say, whether he means it to be interesting or not. I mean, that's that's kind of my hope for the next year, is uh, Canucks winning the draft lottery, uh, Aquilini selling the team, and... Uh, <laughs> A one-on-one interview with Jim Benning. <laughs> <laughs> so earlier wow. this week, I was uh, I went to YouTube and I was looking up the Canucks goal horn with the uh, "Don't You Forget About Me." Yeah, it was stuck in my head after that Anaheim game. And I was reading the comments underneath the video, and there were some choice ones there. People hate it. It's so weird, right? Someday Rogers Arena could be filled with twenty thousand people, all waving playoff towels and singing the "La La La" part. Those will be the days. That would be nice. I, I do. You, oh, first of all, do you like that goal song? Yeah, it's good. It's like kind of ironic. I think I like it's, it. I think it's fun. I mean, for me, I wouldn't mind if they went back to holiday. Obviously, there's some like good memories associated with that. Yeah. Um, and they were doing a Nickelback one last night. I think. Too, yeah, yeah. Burn to the ground, which is what they should do. Yeah. Uh, there's another one here. This song actually makes sense for at least this season, as nobody is forgetting about us. The Canucks are taking the league by storm. Playoffs are a serious possibility. And if Jim Rutherford picks the right man as GM, the Stanley Cup could be a dream come true. Judging by his press conference, he is serious about winning, whereas Benning was not and lied too much. Take your time, Nux, and get us the right GM to make us a playoff team every year and a cup contender. <sighs> Poor guy. Man, I just... I kind of get where he was coming from, though. Oh, I was... I was... Very excited at the time as well, and you, I thought maybe it. things were going to turn around. And granted, it's been it's been like a year, and you know we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and maybe there'll be some sort of yeah. I well, that's know, the man. thing is they've said everything right every time. That's Rutherford why it's so confusing. Talks, right? yeah. For the most part, you're like, yeah, yeah. These guys do suck. They were carried by goaltending. You do need more cap space. You do need to not commit to these long term contracts to older players, and then their actions are antithetical to that so it it makes it makes no sense i mean i i really i really hope that they sell at the deadline this like it's it's fucking insane to me 
The Canucks literally, and, and look, I'm not as familiar with all the other fan bases or or goings on or or whatever, but it's crazy to me that the Canucks really seem like the only team that is incapable of selling at the deadline. And even the one time that they did um, with the Hanson and Burroughs trades, mm-hmm. that was kind of because of the expansion draft. Because they were sort, their hand right. was sort of forced to get rid yeah. of the the Burroughs trade. I guess was maybe selling uh, a player, and then the Hanson trade was just like, well, we need to do this for the purposes of the expansion draft. Um, and, and like, and also, do you remember how fucking excited you were when they made those trades? And it was like, yeah, oh, they're actually selling. I was stoked out of my mind. It was crazy. And then they just have never done that again. And they just like, I just don't. It, there's, it makes no sense to me that every other team is capable of selling players for draft picks except for the Canucks. And I, I don't understand. I just don't get it. I, I mean, <sighs> I just look at what Colorado did when they were just as bad as Vancouver. Sold there's, Duchesne, sold O'Reilly. There's so many Stanley things. Cup. There's so many there's so many things I want them to do this year that they're just not going to do. But I mean, um, it, you can trade like trade Horvat for get, get a get a first rounder and like a B level prospect. I mean, obviously, I'd be happy high, with that. But I'd oh, be happy yeah. with that too. Like like John Cullen, our our friend, um, you know, he was saying to me, "Oh, I think Canucks fans are overvaluing Horvat. I think the most you're going to get for him is a first rounder and a prospect." And I was like, "Dude, yep. I don't think you get how bad it is as a Canucks fan that that is totally fine for me." And and. To me, that's overvaluing him. Like, if we get that, I'm going to be over the moon. I'm all, what did what did Toffoli get traded for? Uh, when we when we traded uh, for him? No, 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 no. Um, when the Calgary Flames acquired him last year from Montreal, a first round like pick a s- and a fifth oh. round pick and a Man. two prospects. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just I, it's, I would love that return. Just take as many swings as possible. Like, look, obviously, you know, we saw Jim Rutherford on After Hours a couple weeks ago saying it's not like fantasy hockey. And I get that. I know it's not. But I, I've, I'm like, it's so funny to me. I'm in a, this very, very over-the-top, in-depth keeper league. That, and I'm just like fully burning it to the ground and doing a, a full-on re- rebuild and just getting... I have six first-round picks uh, in the next two seasons, the two drafts coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it feels so good. Obviously it's, it's different obviously, but it, it really feels good when a team commits to something either one way or the other. And the Canucks are sort of committing to trying to make the playoffs kind of, but it's just like so mushy, right? Like they, yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting you can't them to come be out half and, a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not expecting them to come out and say what their plan is. You know, like they're not, they don't have to do that, but yeah. it's just like, like we should be able to see okay they're building towards something and they're not and they haven't been for a decade and it's exhausting and that's what Mm -hmm. the next decade is going to be too again unless they get lucky in the lottery but it's the vancouver canucks and that is not happening um real quick here let's talk about uh hoaglander being scratched and then coming back on the first line and also just what your impressions of like drees and studnika been yeah uh hoaglander looked really good i thought he looked Uh, yeah he really on that second goal that the canucks scored like he created that rebound that that Miller put in. Dries seems. Uh, is it Dries or Dries? Dries. Yeah, I think yeah, it's I think it's Dries. Dries. Yeah, yeah. It's Dries. Um, he seems like he's like that AHL, the classic like AHL tweener, right? Yeah. Um, he was generating last night. He had a at least four shots. He looked on good. That I, I think recall. you put him on like the second power play unit. Like get, yeah, give that a go. Fine there. Um, 
Studica St- seems okay as well. I don't yeah, have anything against him. Uh, he seems pretty kind of fast. Yeah, in the net. inoffensive, he became, I guess. He, he was invisible for like the latter half of the game on last night yeah. against uh, the Preds. So, but so I was think he was, also, he was also probably barely played. But Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will absolutely say... Absolutely but- fucking insane to bench Pod Colson over any of those guys, though. I, yeah, I mean, I guess like best case scenario, you can say like, oh, it's kind of a wake up call. He has like what, like two points this year. Like he's a young player. Get him. I, they'll they'll I play him next game. But, I saw yeah. some uh, some interesting fancy stats here. Yeah, I think he has pretty good underlying numbers. Uh, yeah, he's been like way better on the wing with uh, Pedersen and Kuzmenko than uh, with yeah. uh, Mikheyev. I'll say yeah, as well. Cam Sharon was tweeting about it. It uh, does seem like Stillman's probably going to get scratched next game on on the Tuesday, considering he oh, didn't play the last like ten minutes of the yeah, game yesterday. He, he better fucking be Man, scratched. Man, <laughs> I just he just looked even like underlying numbers plus eye test. Like it's just he's just playing so bad out there. Like it's just it's I'm really I'm I am getting Spiza flashbacks, and I really don't want to have any more Spiza flashbacks. Okay, here it is. Pedersen Kuzmenko is sixty one percent Corsi when they're with Pod Colson. And they had a 0. 0.750 PDO in 25 minutes, which is super fucking low PDO. That's really unlucky. Yeah. Um, and then they're 52% Corsi and a 1.12 PDO with Mikheyev in 45 minutes. Yeah. And Mikheyev looks good. I, I've actually yeah. been really enjoying Mikheyev. I mean, I've been surprised at how like well he's been able to put it in the net. He he sort of uh, gives me Yannick Hansen vibes a little bit. Um, very fast guy, hard skater, works hard. Maybe doesn't have the best hands uh, on breakaways or in close, but um, he's good at like digging for pucks. Surprisingly good playmaker too. Um, but I, but oh, I think man. I mean obviously you just can't split up Pedersen and Kuzmenko. Like they're no. so good together. Um. So yeah, I watched this availability last night. I just have Twitter pulled up now and saw this poll quote from Boos Brudro. We're telling them in the dressing room that we want them to go after that next goal, get the next goal push, and we sort of sit back and it's a little bit too much, and then it gets too late. And then I just saw Taj quote tweet that, uh, which is another great Canucks follow. Yeah. Um, so this is at home from, uh, from the Preds saying, as soon as we scored that first goal, I felt like we had a mental advantage on them. They seemed to be on their heels a little bit. They were just <laughs> flipping pucks out and we kept coming at them and got another goal after that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just, they're just like a soft team mentally. And as soon as, as soon as that first goal if you know when, when they're up by three, if they give up the next goal, it's just over. You know it's over. Like yeah. going into the third, I was like, they're going to give up this lead, um, <laughs> and they did. And I think the NHL, the official NHL account, <laughs> tweeted out a, a stat yesterday that like, oh, four teams this year have already come back from deficits deficits of three or more goals. I'm like, oh, uh, I know, and one, I know a three, couple of them. <laughs> three of those four games have been against the Canucks. That's fucking Woo! insane. I mean, is that a is that a that's a I guess that's just a coaching problem and it's a personnel problem. That's a problem all across the board. Like it's a, it's a, it's a mentality. It's whatever it is, but like, they're just so bad closing out leads and it's insane to watch. Truly awful. Um, they could have a legitimately good record if they could close out leads. They actually could have a good record and be in the playoffs right now, you know, but alas, (laughs) (sighs) let's, let's, uh, let's move around the league a little bit here. Let's get off the Canucks for a bit. A little palate cleanser. Please, please. Um, So the Bruins have signed an even worse Miller. Oh my God. I, that was really interesting with like all the players talking about it and yeah. like Batman coming out and kind of saying like, this is like awful when Gary Batman is the good guy Yeah, in, in the situation. 
I mean, it's oh. and the stuff the stuff that, that Mitchell Miller did is like awful. fucking horrendous. It's really uh, it's like it's like fully like psychotic. It's like a it's like sociopathic shit. Like it's yeah. it's crazy. And uh, it just seems like they didn't consult anyone. I guess they talked to some of the people in the room and they were like, uh, I mean, I guess you can sign him, but please don't. And then they just did anyway. So, um, I, part of me has just forgiven the Bruins players now. Cause I, I watched that game against Toronto last night and it was like fun to watch. And then seeing like Bergeron and Marchand and, uh, Felino is the other one come out and talk about how bad they think it was. I was like, you know what? Respect. Marchand is like a legitimately good guy off the ice as much as I yeah. hate to say it. He seems like a really nice and cool guy. And Bergeron obviously is too. It's it's and I think it's long enough now that like I just hate the Canucks more than any other team, right? Yeah. It's but it's fuck, it sucks, but fuck yeah. Don Sweeney. Uh and Cam Neely as well. I mean that just Cam- it's just such an insane like it just seems like what do you what do you stand to gain from that? Yeah. All you all you're doing is pissing off the majority of your fan base. Uh, you're pissing off your your roster. You're pissing off the NHL itself. Like it just seems like such a stupid I, move. I always think it's interesting here when someone's like, uh, well, like in this scenario or whenever there's like a sexual assault accusation or whatever, and then the NHL PA comes up to bat and they're like, "Nope, you can't do this." <laughs> like I understand why they're doing it as a players' union because you don't want like they're just standing up for players no matter what. But it always seems like such a fucking bad look to me. Yeah, it seems like they could be making some exceptions once yeah. in a while. Yeah, like oh yeah, this guy that uh, horribly, physically, and mentally bullied a like disabled PRC. minority. Like, like, yeah, what fuck. are you doing? Did you see? It, uh, did you see Matthew Kachuk last night? By the way, uh, I saw the clip. I couldn't fucking see what was happening. Did he? He brought he, his stick up into. He Quick? jammed his stick into Quick's mask, like through fuck. the the holes there, and like try basically tried to hit him in the eye. God damn! Speaking of pieces of shit. <laughs> oh um, man! Uh, senators are for sale. Yes. Yeah, um, I don't think they're gonna move. It doesn't seem likely. Here's my idea. They should move to Kelowna. Oh yeah, or just to Vancouver, or like the or like Surrey or something, right? Well, so here's the problem with that. Like, remember when they wanted to move the uh, Predators to Hamilton, Ontario? Oh, yeah. And the Leafs got in the way and said, no, no, no. Well, I think Kelowna is far enough away yeah, that uh, they might not be able to say that. Give another team in BC so the Canucks would be like forced to uh, maybe run themselves a little bit better. And who doesn't like the Okanagan? Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And I like Ottawa. Fun team. Fun young team. Yep. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to bring up was, have you ever looked at Ben Scriven's Twitter feed? Edmonton Oiler and LA Kings legend. I did. I saw something about him where he was, uh, he's like a social worker now. Yeah. He's like, he seems like a legitimately very cool guy. Yes. His entire, his entire Twitter feed is him quote tweet dunking on Theo Fleury. Oh, you know what? I fucking love that. <laughs> that is, that is really good. God damn. He's. He seems like a very, very cool guy. Yeah, uh, no, he he was campaigning with the NDP and uh, I saw in that, Edmonton, yeah. which is why I like I clicked. I'm like Ben Scrivens, what, what he's up to, and I scrolled his feed, and it's yeah, all uh, all Theo Fleury 
God damn. Theo he's really Fleury. God uh, Theo, damn. I mean, I, I, okay. The thing with Theo Fleury, I do feel bad about him because obviously he went through a lot of shit when he was younger yeah. and he's, you know, dealt with drug abuse, whatever. But I mean, someone, someone who loves him has to just like get him off social media. Um, it's really bleak. Like he's clearly just completely lost it. Are, are you aware of uh, Theo Fleury's clothing line? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So in 2008, he launched. I, a I'm only aware of line. Cody Hodson's clothing line, by the way. So <laughs> his clothing line. That one. No, we can get to that after. But his line was called "Fake," which stands for Flurry's Artistic Custom Enterprises. Oh man, that's uh, what I. Uh. I so when I used to work at the gym, one of my coworkers to get new clients, uh, he emailed through LinkedIn. He just like fucking thousands of people in Calgary, like everyone in Calgary, like messaged them about coming in for like a free personal training session. Yeah. And one of the people he messaged was Theo Fleury and Fleury (laughs) actually got back to him and was, seemed like into it, but (laughs) he was only into it if he got everything for free. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, get your bag. I get it. But, uh, Man, he's yeah, he's just really gone off the deep end. But, oh, speaking of former NHL players, I'm going mm-hmm. to uh, there's a there's a card show in Langley in a couple weeks. Uh, it's like the Western Canada. Like, uh, Todd Bertuzzi is going to be there. Woo! So I may go get a jersey signed by him. Jeremy is going to be there too. God damn, that's <laughs> sick. Yeah. I, well, speaking of jerseys, I have a Todd Bertuzzi signed Calgary Flames jersey. That is, I mean, that is quite the jersey. Oh, actually, my Trampkin jersey and my dad's Trampkin jersey, we got it signed by Derek Dorsett on the front because he was signing. Uh, it was like the last game of the year kind of thing when they would have like Canucks players signing stuff. And uh, so we have a Derek Dorsett signed Nikita Trampkin jersey. Damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also for Christmas, uh, Michael, uh, Michael Hudson got me a white, like, West Coast Express era jersey that was signed by a bunch of players from like I want to say it's signed by both Markstrom and Demetra. Like oh wow. that era. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. I think Pretty I, cool. I, I think I'm doing the I'm gonna do the Kuzmenko black skate jersey though. Um although I think they have to wait until he actually wears it to be able oh, to really? like sell it. There's all these like weird NHL rules. So hopefully they wear it before Christmas, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I got to do it because man, he's, he, it's also just like such a sick name and number combination to have on the back of a Jersey. So. Yeah. He's like, he's 96, right? So yeah. Same as Bureau went yeah. back in the day without that, that Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think next, next, next episode is going to be interesting. It, it could yeah. go one of two ways. <laughs> well, and our, our Patreon's almost set up. So it yes. might be like midweek that you get the next episode. If not, we'll, uh, We'll plop another one a week from yeah, now. We'll but... keep you posted on that, but we've got some exciting developments coming that way. Ooh. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to like and subscribe. Follow our asses on Twitter. At yeah. I hate this team. And tweet pod. at uh, Aquilini to sell the team, please. Hate keep this that team going. pod. That's their Twitter yeah. handle. <sighs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. So real.
Then while you're on your own 